Hey, welcome back to Modern Business Podcast. This is the podcast for franchise entrepreneurs and franchise entrepreneurs. We're on day number nine and uh, we're trucking along. It's good to be back to California. It's, uh, it's a beautiful state. Uh, it's a state that was hit pretty toughly during the pandemic, um, but things are coming back to life and it, it feels very good. Um, Quick note, we've been shouting it out. Be sure that you subscribe to our text community. We are giving away a $250 gift card. Go to modernbusiness.com, no E, modernbusiness, M-O-D-R-N business.com, and you'll see the text link down at the bottom. You can subscribe there. And as we've been mentioning, Springboard, Young Conference, those are two conferences that are happening in person. You're going to want to get registered. September 26th through 28th is Springboard. And October 31st, we're going to have a little bit of a, uh, a Halloween get-together, and uh, followed by that November 1st and 2nd in Fort Lauderdale. So October 31st through November 2nd is Franchise Young Conference. Zach, anything else at the top of the house? Yeah, so we also have uh, we also have Franchise Switchboard, which I think that people should definitely check out. Um, Great it's, resource. It's been around for 15 months now, hard to believe it, but... Uh, it was birthed out of the pandemic, and it's something that we that we started free of charge for people to be able to go in and put, um, you know, their resume up on there. It's a resume drop, and it's also a job board as well. So for many, 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 many folks that we know have uh, been lucky enough to find jobs from there, which has been really great. Uh, and it's something that you know the Fisher Zucker team and the Fishman PR team uh, decided to start just to make sure that people were, you know, getting back into it and getting their jobs again after, you know, the furloughs and the layoffs that happened due to the pandemic. So uh, if you guys haven't checked that out, it's at franchisors.com. Uh, and there's going to be a nice little drop down uh, for Switchboard where you're going to be able to go and learn about that and also join the Facebook group as well, because now it is something more than just a pandemic uh, type of thing. It's something that people are using. Uh, even today, I saw that there's they're being updated daily. So It's a community. It's I think we're going to talk a little bit about That's why it's called franchisors.community, my friend. That is very true. Very true. Well, I will let you segue sure. and introduce well, our guests. Uh, really excited. We have, uh, we have, we have, uh, we have a crowd today. Uh, we always like when we have a crowd. Uh, we'll, so we've got. We'll go ahead and get them some the, the crowd, the crowd applause. Yeah, we got the crowd applause. So, <laughs> so, so we, so we've got, uh, we've got three folks here. Uh, we are uh, in Chino Hills, California. Uh, we learned the hard way that we uh, that going back to Glendale after this uh, from 3 to 5 p.m. was a bad idea after sitting down with these folks. But we're also going to learn quite a bit more. Uh, so we have the co-founders of the Camp Transformation Center. We have uh, Ali and Luis Font. And then we also have the COO of the Camp Transformation Center. We have Katya Morgan. Thank you all for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. So what I want to do is, is I think we're going to divide the divide the, the the founding story in half. I'm sure you guys tell it together in tandem all the time. Uh, so I'll let whoever wants to start can start just in terms of uh, some background about the brand. You want to go ahead? Yeah, let's go to the very beginning. 2004, Alejandra got into fitness in a very big way. Um, she had a passion for it. And I grew up obese all my life. Um, I've always tried you know crazy diets and I've always tried everything and and I would lose the weight and I was getting it back and in 2004 you know she was looking really good very fit and I was like a you know 250 something pounds so it was creating a lot of friction in our relationship um, I remember a time when she was going to the gym and I actually told her won't you just stay home and let's order pizza and hang out with the kids right <laughs> it was crazy 
So, you know, I had enough and I knew that I had to do something, right, to change what was going on. And there was this gentleman here in Chino Hills that owned a gym. His name was Sam Bakhtiar, and he had a personal training gym. And I decided to go over there and visit him, and Ali went with me, and we signed up with him. And through Sam Bakhtiar, um, I was able to go through a transformation. I not only I lost the weight, but he took the time to teach me how to work out properly, how to eat properly. And he gave me a lot of support because people who struggle with obesity, it's not just about losing weight. It's all about the mind, the heart, and you need a lot of support. So I went through a transformation with him through maybe 2005, 2006. At the time we had a business in a whole different industry and we lost that business in 2008 during the financial crisis. And I'm gonna transfer here with Alejandra, but we talked about it and she said, I have passion for fitness, why not monetize that passion and why not get into the fitness industry, right? Right, exactly. And I mean, I think one thing that's really important to know is that the business that we had prior to the camp, neither one of us were happy. It was totally unfulfilling. We were not doing what we wanted to do, but it was really hard to walk away from a business that was paying the bills up until, you know, we had to close. Um, And it was, we were doing fine financially. So finally, when it turned out that the market, you know, tanked and we had to end up closing our doors, we literally looked at ourselves and we were like, okay, we have zero income. We're about to declare bankruptcy and we have kids, you know, we have bills. So we decided, actually, Luis told me, let's monetize our passion. Now that we've done for so many years, something that we're not passionate about, you go and do what you love to do and I'll do what I love to do. So that's when I started personal training people. And then I went back to Sam, to Sam's personal training gym. And I approached him and I asked him if I could work there. I just wanted to kind of learn the business, um, you know, the, the fitness industry. And he said, of course. So within three months of working there, I was like, okay, I love this. This is amazing, but I don't want to be a personal trainer. I want to do something on a bigger scale. So I approached him about partnering with a boot camp. So at the time, boot camps were popping up in the parks. It was like a military type of workout. But I really wanted to do something different. Um, So we thought, let's rent a space. So we rented a 2,000 square foot space and we were focused on just really helping the community. It wasn't really about, you know, who can do the most push-ups, like what you saw at those boot camp types in the park. It wasn't like a military. It was more just focused on women that wanted to lose weight, primarily women. We opened the first location September 1st of 2010. Um, It cost about $7,000 to open. It was bare bones. I mean, now a location costs a ton more. Um, (laughs) But it was just, you know, I was the the trainer, the front desk, the director, the janitor. Well, Luis would help clean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, from the very beginning, he said, like, this is great, you guys. If you want to do this, I'll partner with you. I'll do the marketing because he had a passion for marketing and he had his other business to worry about. So he's like, you guys do the operations. So, you know, I took on everything in, in regard to the operations. And then all of a sudden, you know, people started coming in and staying, even though it was bare bones, not fancy whatsoever, concrete on the floors. People had like knee issues, complaining about knee issues. And I'd just give them modification. I'm like, no, you're fine. You're going to be all right. Just like, don't jump or whatever. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, these guys, Luis and Sam, really started paying attention to the business because all of a sudden, we we're bringing in some quite a bit of clients and the revenue was going up and up. And that's really how it started. What you see today at the camp is not obviously how we started. The vision kind of developed over time. And, you know, we were lucky in the sense that we were at the right place at the right time because the boutique fitness gym in, in 2010 is just barely getting started. So, you know, we were able to ride that wave too. So we're fortunate about that. But at the very beginning, we knew that we wanted to provide a service that not many brands were doing at the time, which is weight loss, right? Um, a lot of the big box gyms back then, you know, you pay 20 bucks and you got a membership and you're on your own. Nobody's going to help you, um, teach you how to work out or how to eat properly. So we were about that, right? Providing results. We knew that customers didn't really want to buy a membership. Customers didn't really want to buy supplements. What people want is change results. Uh, so we focused on that and we started creating products that were weight loss primarily. Um, our first uh, product was called the uh, Fat Blaster, perhaps? Fat Flush, 14-day Fat Flush. That's yeah. how we opened, yeah. So we're always creating a product where we're going to help somebody lose weight to go through a transformation. And that requires, you know, the workouts, uh, the meal plans. We're, we're, we get very involved in the meal plans, telling people what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. And then, of course, the support. That's really a, a key ingredient for us, too. So... Before we go to the next question, because it actually piggybacks perfectly on that, I want to bring you in the conversation. And when did you join the team, and what was it that, what was uh, the main attracting factor? So I actually came on board in January of 2019, um, and you know the greatest thing is when I interviewed with the fonts and Sam, um, I can see the passion that they had, and you know you work every day and you get to positions that you want to get to, but you don't really love what you do every day. You just go to work because, hey, I'm a VP now. I'm going to go to work, and that's my title, and that's what I'm going to do. But when I came here, and we had four interviews before I was actually hired, <laughs> I got to know them very well, and I think they got to know me very well. Um, and I knew right there and then I knew that this is where I belonged. I loved everything that they were doing. Um, I love the fact that I can be part of something that is so great that helps so many people. Um, it makes people feel good. How could you not go to a job every day where you just feel so great about what you're accomplishing and what you're doing? So I knew this is where I wanted to be. Um, and it was the best decision I made. Honestly, I've been trying to find a home for a very long time. And I love it here. I love what we do every day. It's, it's like a family. Um, we live like a family. And it's just, I love what we do. I love to see the results and um, people's amazement once they lose the weight and how they feel. It's just, it's a very positive place to be. So that's how I came here and I'm so happy to be here. That's beautiful. And it does, it feels homey just being here <laughs> chatting with you guys. Um, one question that I will ask, and I think you were already kind of digging into it, um, but obviously there's a lot of different, I think arguably it's it's one of the most important things right now, but there's a lot of different fitness and, um, you know, a lot of people in the space, crowded space, mm -hmm. but you do have, a, you know, a focus and you have an amazing story and you've built a really awesome community. What is the, what would you say is differentiates you guys from, from the other folks uh, that people can go experience? And I'll throw that up to whoever wants to take it. 
Um, so I think one of the main factors is, I think community is is very loose. Like everyone's using community now. So let's just focus on the fact that we we focus on our client being middle America. Um, most other boutique fitnesses focus on like upper end clients, um, clients that are making a certain amount of money that have to pay $200 or more per month. Our memberships are very reasonable. So that's something that's not really available in um, just general, the United States of America. It's like mainly upscale boutique fitnesses. Um, And another thing is weight loss. There aren't really that I know of a national brand that focuses on weight loss. And that's really our niche. That's our biggest niche. Of course, community, but like I said, it's super loose. So I think probably, I mean, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I would say 40, 50% of our clients are clients who have never worked out in the past before or have not worked out in a very long time and have over 20, 30, maybe 40 pounds to lose. So these are types of people that are very uncomfortable going to one of these major brands, right? especially some of those brands where we tend to hear that if you don't have a six pack, you're going to be judged and you're going to be treated a little bit different than how you should be treated. So it's a whole different market segment that we're after. And then we see the potential because obviously um, half of the population in the United States is, you know, overweight. But statistically, Uh, that's accurate. It's like 49.6% or something like that. Absolutely. Um, So we position the company Middle Class America as well, because that's where we see the opportunities. And like she said, a lot of these other brands tend to focus where the affluent people are. So that's the main differentiation is weight loss. And when you talk about weight loss, it's not only the physical activity, but it's really what you eat. And then once again, the community, the support, that is a huge component to the success of somebody's transformation. So, you know, in addition to in addition to the fact that you guys are differentiating in the ways that you've discussed, you know, I think that, you know, focusing as a brand that is focusing on, you know, a certain sector of, of the U.S., people who aren't, who may not have as much accessibility to a gym that they feel comfortable being at. And you can, you know, you're focusing more on the people that, you know, want to lose the weight and less about, you know, you know, ideally if a six pack happens just by happenstance, then great, but that's not really the principal goal. I think in addition to that, there is technological pieces that I would imagine that you guys have that are really able to set you guys apart too and making it easier to find, more approachable, you know, for people to for people to have. And additionally, it obviously helps the franchisees too, right? Because the franchisees have these tools at their disposal, proprietary systems maybe, that are allowing them to be more efficient. So um, we, I would love to hear from one of you guys about that, just in terms of you know how you guys are using technology to, you know, get a get get a step ahead of all mm-hmm. of your other competitors in the space. Sure, you want to? Sure, I think the biggest thing that we should probably discuss is how we use social media. I think um, that's a great tool, and Luis can go into that a little bit more. But as far as in-house technology for our franchisees. Uh, we've been really good about developing programs um, for them to use, especially when we had the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We knew we had to make a difference and a shift. So we really got into developing online technology for them to use, whether it's online workouts, um, you know, really getting the community on there, getting everybody involved. So that really got us into the next step, which we started developing our own app. We just came out probably about six months ago, um, and it's the Camp on Demand app. 
that allows online workouts if they choose not to come back to the camp to the camp yet because of COVID, but it also allows you to track your meals. It allows you to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your clients. It allows you to do coaching through the app. Um, it allows you to send out supplement sales. So there's a lot of technology for them to use to help them not just um, profitability-wise, but also to connect with their clients. So that's been a huge thing that we're using that's been amazing and we continue to roll out of it. Um, as far as other technologies, I think um, the lead um, technology that we use, so we use Gym Sales, which is a huge technology for our franchisees, um, where we build the leads for them. They're able to monitor their, their leads, follow up on their leads. Um, so it makes it easier for them to bring clients in. We also use other stuff like in-body machines that help you track um, the client's fit habits, how they're doing, whether they're losing weight, if they're not, where are they with their body fat. So there's a lot of little things that we offer them that can help them support their clients. Um, any other tools that you guys could think of? No, and then in the future, it's going to be about uh, keeping clients engaged away from the gym, correct? So I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the opportunities for the fitness space. And then obviously like the wearables too, right? When people track in their heart rates and their calories and so forth. Um, obviously technology is a huge disruptor in, in our industry. And then we're trying to also stay ahead of the curve on that too. Yeah. And I get a feel just listening to you talk about the app and kind of the, the two-way interaction that yeah. you have a lot more. I get why. And I also get why you say that community that's very fuzzy, mm -hmm. but this is an example of that. It's that there seems to be more of a personal touch and, you know, a focus on, you know, helping bring folks through that transformation and i'm sure i'll seed this for later i would love for you to share a story or two of like the the most inspiring transformation that you've seen i think your story is amazing and it's kind of the crux of 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 one of the main reasons of why you guys started this um you mentioned social media is a big component what are some of the ways you know i think just the story and the visual in and of itself is a super powerful thing because people can identify with that. It's it's a, 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 a story that people will be proud to share as well. But yeah. what are some of the ways that you're using social media to build the tribe? Yeah, well, we use social media. There's two components. You have the paid media, right, on the consumer side. And then we're very big on the organic side as well, too. So, you know, fitness, people tend to feel happy, correct? It's a very positive vibe when you're going through a transformation. When you, when you get a, a really good workout, you, you tend to feel good, correct? Mm -hmm. So we've created a culture where we're engaged with our clients um, on social media, primarily uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, now we see a, a trend towards TikTok, too. Mm -hmm. But we get clients involved in, in taking selfies and videos and tagging uh, us tagging the staff. So I think is that just a prompt or do you have any in incentives or are you just simply asking? So, you know, we actually, the, the programs that we've developed ever since the beginning, really, probably two years in, we started developing programs like the six week challenge, which we're very well known for. 
Um, one of the requirements is that they change their profile picture to indicate that they're taking the six-week challenge at the camp. So pretty much any program that they go through, that's a requirement. So we've like that's smart. It's like them. they're solidifying their accountability exactly. to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The they're proof solid- that they're and and yeah. they're also telling all their friends. Their friends are asking, what are you doing? What is this profile picture? And we're conditioning them to use social media. So in order to be a part of this program, you need to check in on Facebook. You need to change your profile picture. You need to uh, you know, not only check in, but add a picture and a comment. Definitely. And it all started back in the day, I think, when we had two locations. I mean, Ali used to buy shirts at Walmart, and then we used to take it to a printer. <laughs> and then we gave them away. You check in 25 times, and you get a free T-shirt, right? And it's amazing what people would do just to get a free T-shirt. So we would have a ton of people checking in and promoting us on it's a it's a it's a good way to it's a good way to promote. Obviously, is that you know it, it's more about the idea of being part of that community, which you guys have right. fostered, mm-hmm. and less about the T-shirt, obviously, yeah. which I think is you know important. I wanna I wanna stick with you know the marketing end of this, guys, and I, I think what I'm curious to dig into is is that I'm sure that because you guys are obviously based in California, that things were closed for a while, and so I think that there is you know there were detriments and there were positives to that, right? I think that the detriment is, of course, you know, the, you know, the, the revenue. And I think that also, you know, you never, you didn't know if those people that got so involved in the brand were going to come back, right? You just had no clue. Um, So I'm curious to hear what you guys are doing to re-engage those people. If there's any, if there's any kind of methods that you guys have to getting those people back in the locations again, now that things are normal. Well, so, I mean, when, when we when we got the news that we had to shut down immediately, I mean, we were very concerned. We were freaking out. But um, <laughs> quite frankly, we were freaking out. We were, we're like, oh, my no, God. We were freaking out. We were freaking out, right. <laughs> but you know, in times of difficulties, what we tend to do is we, we focus not so much on the circumstance, but we focus on the client. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So you double down on the client. So even though there's a mandate to shut down, we sat down and we discussed what is it that we need to do for the client, right? So if, if we're concerned and we're freaking out and, and we're, you know, entrepreneurs and tough and we tend to handle challenges maybe differently than most people do. Sure. Imagine we'll, what this, we'll call it normal people. <laughs> there we go, right? So imagine what they're going through, right? Um, so we were really focused on that. And what we decided was to pivot online very rapidly. And we did it within a day, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so even though we didn't have the platforms online, we started um, creating private Facebook groups where we were going to have live workouts uh, at a regular scheduled time. But at the same time, we understood that we needed to do something more for the client during this time. We needed to keep them busy. We needed to keep them engaged, uh, provide more of a service. So not only we were providing classes, but we had, what else we had? We had um, like expert guest speakers once a week, I believe it yeah. was, coming we in. Had, like, you know, people that were well-known in the like motivational space. We had a coffee with the crew. So we had different um, staff members from different locations at 8 o'clock like in the morning. Chats, chats. you know, like um, mm-hmm. Facebook Live chats. Sure. We had a daily cooking classes. Um, happy hour. They were live too. We had a happy hour. We had a book club. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just went throughout the day from six o'clock in the morning. It didn't stop until like maybe five or six o'clock. To keep the members engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To keep the members yeah, so it engaged. wasn't so much like the workouts 
that's there's a dime a dozen right workouts everywhere especially during covid but we thought okay the community is a big part of our of what we who we are so how are we going to keep our clients engaged and people found so much healing i think through that such an outlet of like okay my my community we're all here online we had this huge private facebook group where all the locations all 100 locations were on there so it was really cool to see interaction from like people from you know virginia with California and stuff. It was really awesome. It really united us. Uh, it made us closer, that's for sure. Clients yeah. truly appreciate it. We, we got bombarded with so many messages, right? With appreciation and love of what we were doing for them. Because at that time, that's really what they needed, right? To be part of a community, to be part of something, keep their minds off, you know, the negative news and the uncertainty out in the, uh, in, in, well, what's going on with COVID. So I think it was really good that we did that. And that just comes from, you know, being customer centric, just doing what's best for the client. That's so, Yeah, so I was going to say, too, because I think I know where you're going with it, I believe. But I think it's it's the it's part of us doing a lot of interviews together. I didn't even know what he was going to say, but I'm pretty sure I know where he's, <laughs> he's going. Say. Um, we'll see if I'm right. Uh, I think that it's clear that, you know, the community that you guys have fostered and you guys were, it, it wasn't necessarily about the workouts all the time. It was more about keeping those same people together. So they yeah. felt like that they were part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that, you know, there was opportunity out of this too, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest, because loyalty changed and because people's lifestyles changed for so long, there may have been people that never thought in the million years they were going to be working out. Totally. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. This is the time. I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. So yeah. how are you guys finding these people? I think that that's the first thing. And I think the second thing is, is, you know, what methods are you using to bring people into this community, which is clearly so, you know, it, it really is it, it's sticky, I guess. I mean, like just people just stay, right? And so is there any methodology you guys have used? Maybe there's allure, so to speak, uh, anything that you guys have used that has worked really well to bring people in and capitalize on just this change in behavior? Well, I think, I think the fact that we kept people engaged, right? And the fact that after a while, people are desperate in being home. And then the fact that there's more awareness about being healthy and fit to combat, you know, this COVID. When we were able to partially open in June, we did see a lot of people returning back. Yeah. Right? And I mean, even throughout the closure, we were still running ads. We were still promoting and getting people to do like online challenges. So, so we, what is it, what's an example of an, of an online challenge? So basically they do the online workouts and then the support is via um, Facebook Live. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Is there any, <clears throat> excuse me, is there any, introductory offer that you put like when you're looking at the paid ad side of the house obviously you're you're promoting the uh and advertising the six-week challenge and and the mm -hmm. different programs and products that you have yeah is is it just a cost for folks to join or can they come in and sample it no, actually, um, so we promote on through Facebook ads two different programs, a 21-day program that's on a very low entry price, $67, mm -hmm. and the six-week challenge is basically a money-back guarantee. It's $500, but they are guaranteed, if they lose the weight, to get that money back. Oh. Um, and so it's, you know, as long as they do the work, they will lose the weight. So that's our initial price. If they lose the weight or if they don't lose the weight? If they lose the weight, they get it back. Wow. Yeah. So we're betting cool. on ourselves. Hmm. We're, we're telling that we're like 
it t- it's going to take us six weeks to really earn their business. By the end of the six weeks, at that point, they've had all the Kool-Aid and they're ready to sign up. That's Got why it. it's worked They for become us. a member. Yeah. They become point. a Raven fan at week two. Love it. And then by week three, they're like, I oh love my. that you said raving fan because there's, I mean, there's so much to be said about net promoter score and all of that, but you, you have built in real promoters, built oh, in, yeah. you know, raving fans like, right. like you just mentioned. Um, that was, by the way, the exact question I was going to ask. I was going to frame it because you talked about <laughs> oh, I know. the organic side of the I house. You, you framed it up a slightly different than, uh, than the way that I was going to do it, but I think it turned out better. And, you know, the I think you you mentioned that the uh, you you know the pandemic had people. And I just lost my train of thought. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll switch over. I'm gonna ask you ask the next question. Well, fine. Um, <laughs> we so need- I, I I think that where I want to go, and I want to bring Katya into this because I know that you play such an important role on the operational side of things. And I'm curious. So you guys have, you know, you guys have a hundred over a hundred locations now, and I think in saying that, you know, as you guys have discussed with me, and I know just over time, you're starting to get a. You want to go eastward, right? You want to be able to expand this community, you know, more towards the other coast. And I think that in saying that, um, it is obviously really hard to be in a hundred places at once, right? And so I'm curious: is there anything? Or any tools that you're that you guys are giving to your franchisees or to the managers for the franchisees to be able to really you know hold them accountable on this operational model that you guys here have spent so much time and blood and sweat and tears and money on. And I'm curious to hear if you guys have any tools that are helping those franchisees to really hold them accountable to to make sure that that operational model is humming along. Yeah, so absolutely, you're right. We can't be at 100 places at one time. So I think it was important to develop a program, a training program that will help them develop their skills and ongoing skills. And so that's what we did. Um, Probably about a year ago, we developed an internet, which supports all of our five about a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, because it was way before COVID. Nobody yeah. really knows what time is anymore. So, um, <laughs> the whole like year kind of just yeah. feels Once like it year, was just uh, We were introducing a podcast the other day, and I said, day number 18. Or I said something. You said like, day number 18. Yeah. I was like, dude, that would be we would be home. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that works. So that's how it feels. All last year yeah. seems kind of like a blur. But it's been about a year and a half. We developed an intranet that is um, very much open to all the franchisees mm-hmm. where we can put out their videos. They can have a library of things to certify their people. And from there, we took that and developed an online university where we actually have all our courses where they can design a course track for all their people. So the front desk, the directors, the trainers, they're there, they're available to them and they can go through it. But we felt that it was really important to still have people physically there holding them accountable and helping them. As far as trainers, um, we just hired a salesperson that's able to go out there and train their team to become better salespeople. But I think the biggest thing is just really staying connected, even though we have all this technology that we can put out there for them to do. It's just really staying connected. We had um, we just started doing trainer workshops where we send a trainer out and does workshops for all the franchisees. For programming yeah. purposes. And it's outside the market, not just out in California. We're actually going to Florida in July. So even though we have the online technology to keep them accountable, it's important that you still have the physical um, relationship with them. And we're going to continue with that. 
Love it. Talk a little bit about the ideal franchisee, the ideal operator. Um, you have this awesome opportunity. You're very focused and clear on the differentiation on the consumer side of the business. What are you looking for in terms of, of operators? Do you want to take that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been blessed that, like I said, 91 in a pre before we started the podcast, that 98% of all, all of our franchisees are either ex-clients or ex-employees. So these are people that have been exposed to the culture, are part of the culture, and want to uh, keep you know helping people th the same way. So it's kind of funny, you know, um, you might see locations that are underperforming somehow, right? Executing operationally. But on the programming side, the product side, you tend to see clients very happy, right? And that is because the culture's there and people want to execute on, on, that, on that culture. Um, what was the question again? I can't kind of go the, to this. The franchisee that we were looking for. Ideal it, franchisee. It happens to, yeah. it happens to us so, all <laughs> So we have a saying here at the camp that fitness is just the product. Okay, what you're looking at on the workout floor, that is just the product. That is not our business. Our business is people, right? So we, we know that on the consumer side, on the product side, um, people want a badass workout. People want to lose weight. People want to learn how to eat properly. People want to get support. But just as importantly as that, there are some basic uh, needs and want that people want as human beings, right? What we know from a human being is that people want to feel acknowledged. People want to feel important. People want to feel inspiration, motivation, hope. People want to feel successful. People want to feel happiness. People want to feel our passion. People want to feel our, our willingness to serve. People want to feel like they belong to something, right? So when you understand that your job is to create with your words and your actions, right? An environment, when people come in and feel that way, you're onto something that it's gonna be very, very different than from somebody else, right? So that perfect franchisee doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's a sophisticated business person, but it has to be somebody who understand that the business is people and the responsibilities to create that envir environment that we just talked about. Everything else they can learn, we can teach, right? P&Ls, systems, processes, but if they don't have a, a keen understanding of how to treat human beings, um, it's going to be very difficult to be successful in any type of business, in my opinion, right? So the, the perfect franchisee is somebody who is a people person, understands what I just, those concepts that, and principles that I just shared, and the fact that fitness is a priority and that they want to help a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Go through a transformation that to us is the right franchisee. Yeah. And let me add on to that. I think one of the things also for us is um, we notice a lot of our clients that go through these journeys where they've had these incredible transformation. They have such a passion for what just happened to them that they really want to be part of the camp. And they usually are some of our best franchisees because they do have that passion. They've gone through it and they want to share it with others. So we do get a lot of our franchisees through our system, and they do amazing just because of that passion. They understand it, as Luis was saying. Yeah, and you're looking for the person that wants 
to create and add to the culture that exactly. you mentioned and, and and just to build people up like i loved how you were talking about just really the psychology of human beings and what people generally want to to create and so you're looking for folks that align with that um zach i'm going to ask them about kind of initiatives moving forward what it, what else what else do you think we should go down so before we dive into that i just want to I would love to ask just, you know, if somebody, you know, what advice would you guys say that you have just just generally, you know, about, you know, starting a business during during, you know, or around a pandemic, you know, is there anything that you guys have seen any tips and tricks that you have because I'm sure that you guys likely, you know, all a lot of brands were still doing some deals during this time, right? And maybe they didn't open, but I'm sure that they were still going through the processes and the training and all of that. Is there any, you know, advice that you guys have for folks who are starting to get ramped up and maybe looking to get into the franchise development world again? We have many listeners who um, are, of course, you know, potential franchisees. So curious to hear if you guys have advice on that. So, you know, the good thing about a challenge, as I'm sure you guys have experienced, anything that challenges is going to just make you better. You're going to end up on the other side much stronger, much wiser, um, with so much more information and so much more knowledge. And that's how everything at the camp has been. Just um, like the challenges of when we only had two studios to when we had five studios. And now that we were shut down, I mean, we just got better and stronger. And we realized, I think the COVID situation was a great eye-opener to make you realize like clients are gold and you have to really treat them regardless of what industry you're in. You have to treat people with, first of all, respect and, you know, give them the service that they're there to to get from you. Um, I think sometimes in a market that is so, you know, an, an economy where there's, you know, business for everyone, people tend to forget that. And I think this was a really good eye opener. But as far as, you know, how people have responded to fitness during COVID, it's been interesting to see so many people, business people, some shy away from the opportunity in fitness, but yet others that have open minds realizing that people are now interested in being healthy and people that perhaps had never considered working out at a gym have taken on the opportunity. We actually sold a couple of our... um, corporate locations during the shutdown, like in the middle of the shutdown or like right when we were reopening. And I think we sold a couple of uh, licenses too. Yeah. And we actually opened a couple during the pandemic. So to piggyback on that, I think it's really important not to let it affect your dream to continue with that cream because we were able to do it. We opened um, Livermore location during the pandemic and he was having such a hard time getting his loan because the loan um, underwriter would not believe that he can open up and be profitable in fitness during this time. And the more that we explained it to him, he just could not get it and he would not give him the loan. Um, So finally, he just said, forget you. And he went and got a loan somewhere else and was able to open during the pandemic. That location opened up doing just as much business of some of our top 50 locations. So he went in full force, did not let the pandemic affect him at all. He pushed really hard and he's doing amazing. He hasn't even been open for a year and he's in our top 25. So 
I think for anyone who's looking to open a business and to really live the dream that they want, don't let this affect you. There's always ways that you can be successful if you work hard and you continue to do what you need to do. So I think pandemic, no pandemic, it's all up to you. Just continue and do what you want to do and live your dream. They say that every seed of adversity adversity carries with it uh, as an equal or greater seed of opportunity. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's it's just about seizing on that. So yeah. I'm rah rah. I'm super excited. <laughs> you mentioned, um, you know, you have your Luis. You have your kind of eyes on some future things that you mentioned that you think that fitness the fitness world is about, um, you know, from wearables and some of the obvious things. But as you look forward a year out and even beyond any major initiatives or goals or milestones uh, that you see in the future? Yeah. Um, are you talking on uh, about the company growth or on the consumer side? Whichever or? side that you would like. Well, you know, we, we'd love for this company to be an iconic brand. I, th- I think we're a, I think we have a great opportunity to be able to grow uh, the camp to be a household name for sure. Um, so that's part of the long-term goal that we are working on. It's just a matter of, you know, having the right team in place. Uh, COVID definitely put, you know, a break on things right now, but um, we're looking to ramp up once again and, and expand the company. Uh, we envision probably 500 locations, like in the next maybe five or six years, I think we can do it. Um, our niche is the weight loss. So we see a lot of clients that have 40, 50 pounds uh, to lose, and we're very, very effective in doing that. So I think that the, the next step is how can we keep those clients and offer programming to maybe have somebody get on stage and do a fitness competition, right? Nice. Okay. So, you know, that's something that we're looking at, and I think that's where the path is going to lead to, to have uh, the programming or, or the platform to help somebody go through a marriage's transformation, as we mentioned just now. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think innovation is a key. And I think we need to continue to think how we can get from where we are today to that. So you have people that start their challenge. And what's the path for them to continue on that path to reach that goal of getting on stage and showing off everything that they've done, whether it's a year or two years out for them. But I think that's really important to continue. And I think part of the pandemic that helped us is we might've lost a lot of people that were here and now we're rebuilding. But the important thing is we're rebuilding with the people that really should be here, right? So our team is gonna be the team that should be here to get us to great, right? Not just good, but from good to great. And I think that's where we are now. So really exciting i like that as a i like that as a as a bow on top of this so i think that overall guys just to make sure that we have uh, the right place to go where can people go to learn a little bit more if they're interested in uh opening up uh, a camp so they sorry they can definitely go to our website thecamptc.com yeah that's what i was gonna say (laughs) thecamptc.com there's um a link for franchising there's a link for locations if they're interested in working out Beautiful. Anything we didn't ask that we should have? No, I think we covered no, pretty much I everything. Think, any yeah. stories as we close here? Any any massive transformation stories oh, that yeah. come to mind? There's well, one in particular. 
um, a guy out of like San Diego County lost like just over 400 pounds. Wow. That's yeah. unbelievable. I want to say he's the biggest transformer. Yeah, he's on TV and everything. Yeah, yeah. he was he like on Dr. Some doctor show. I can't remember. Well, I hope you guys got the shout out. Yeah. N- no, they weren't able to like actually mention oh, our name. They, had they filmed his his workouts at the gym, and you could believe got you could it. see on the, the videos. Camp you could the see the logo and the brand. But he wasn't able to give us credit. But that's fine. That's incredible. Yeah. We want to know something. You're getting credit now, so that's all. <laughs> Well, well, folks, we really appreciate you guys coming on. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we loved getting to hear a little bit more about the brand. I, I didn't know uh, as much about it as I should have. So we obviously love love to get to learn more about some brands and get us motivated to get up and work out tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, thanks again, everybody. If you'd like to listen to more episodes like this, please go to Modern Business, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys all so much. We're going to continue into California for the rest of the week. Cheers, everybody.